Hey, what's up, everybody? Berlin is joining shortly. He's just moving from his computer to his phone. He is such a boomer that uh, he doesn't know that spaces can't be done on the web app. So give him a couple seconds. I think uh, we'll have... Oh, there he is. What's up, Berlin? Okay, let me get you to join. We could do a couple mic checks. Hey. Hey, can you hear me? Yep, yep. Uh, got a couple people on. Um, if you can hear us, let give us like a thumbs up. All right. Out of the five people, there were zero thumbs up. Um, <laughs> but we will start nonetheless and just assume I can hear you. Oh, okay. There you go. Thank you, Nick. Appreciate that. Um, this was super last minute Berlin. Um, so I appreciate you kind of doing this last minute. I know you're super busy in your TradFi job. Um, but there is, it seems like there is some shifts happening in the market. Um, and I wanted to get your take on all that. I know we have a couple points that we wanted to hit on that we chatted about, um, but we'll get to that. I think there might be some new people. So just uh, as a quick intro, um, I did a show called uh, Worthless Crypto Options on Twitch, and now we're migrating to Twitter. And uh, we talk markets, crypto, equities, macro, um, all sorts of stuff, financial related. And hopefully at the end of each show, there's enough information that can be digested to make some sort of educated um, market decision, market action. Um, sometimes it mean, the, at the end of the show, there might be no action, and that's also an action in itself. Um, and yeah, that, I want to let Berlin do a quick, like three sentence, uh, summary. I know a lot of people know you, but then, uh, this is our first spaces. So there might be a little different type of audience on here, Berlin. So why don't you do the, the three bullets? Sure. Yeah. Uh, so my background's in, uh, TradFi, uh, work in, uh, asset management, uh, specifically in, or in the valuation space. Um, I started off different, slightly in a different spot. Uh, I was used to be an options trader, uh, some 10, well, 12 years ago, dating myself a little bit. And, um, now more in the, um, institutional side, managing money. It's a different headache, but, um, at least you don't have to kind of hunt and kill what you eat on a day to day. Cool, cool. I think that was short and sweet and to the point, Berlin. Thanks. All right, well, let's get into it because um don't want to waste people's time here. We have like about 50 minutes to cover like six points. So a lot of people were afraid of like the recession. I think this was like the most telegraphed um, recession like we've ever had. Um, usually it catches us by surprise but I think this one has been baked in for so long that like people are just prepared for it. Like normally you don't hear this in supermarkets. 
And, and and I think stock market prices reflect this. Real estate prices reflect this. Crypto prices definitely reflect reflect this. What is your take on the soft landing? And and let's just talk about the the U.S. for now. I think we have mainly U.S. listeners. And, but if you think that the response requires talking about EU um, and Asia, I know China reopening is a big narrative too in the last um, month or so. But um, what's your take on soft landing? Um, is it priced in? Is there any shock to this? How the market's reacting? What What is your take from like the the angle that you see from uh, the institutional side when we're the the plebs on the retail side? Sure. Yeah. Um, I think you, you laid a really good, very good foundation. Um, the world did not uh, reopen at the same time. Um, so it only makes sense to talk about this on a rolling basis um, with respect to the U.S. and Europe kind of um, being in the forefront. And then Asia uh, and more specific, more recently, I should say, uh, China and, uh, and Korea um, and even Japan um, uh, opening up to, to the rest of the world. Um, so I think I think from a from a valuation perspective, we're definitely trading uh, in I trade mostly equities, bonds. Um, and crypto here and there. I did uh, let your your Discord know. Um, I finally FOMO'd in on Saturday, and I, I went long BTC uh, spot. Uh, but we can get into that later. We will get into that because you did flip. Um, we had a couple of chats like last week. I was like leaning more bullish into the CPI, but yeah, we'll get to that. Yeah, we'll get to that. Yeah, so I think Let's talk about the, the soft landing narrative, equity valuations. Um, and any surprises that you know might happen to equity prices? Yeah, as you suggested. So I think every, we coming into the year, uh, everyone was super cautious. Uh, sentiment was probably the most negative it's been. Not just um, not just sentiment on the on the street, but sentiment like at home, right? Consumer. I think there was the Michigan survey. It's probably the the most negative it's been in like some fifteen odd years. Um, so everyone was largely tilted, uh, myself included. It just had a very um, bear goggles on, if you will. Uh, but uh, it wasn't, I wasn't necessarily positioned short. I was, I was still uh, doing my iron condors and whatnot, but I think the soft landing narrative is essentially taking a very firm hold. Um, and it's, it's, it's building its base more or less. Uh, but I would also venture to say that it's, I mean, no one, first of all, I don't know anything, right. Uh, and I'd caution you to, to listen to anybody who says I'm 99.9% confident that this is a soft landing and we're, we're off to new all-time highs if you, or like the, the melt up the theory, right? Um, I would say directionally though, this is soft landing is synonymous with directionally with other, other labels, right? Echo bubble. Uh, some folks are sharing that or uh, as, as early as uh, October, November last year. Um, I've recently came across transitory Goldilocks. I think I was listening to a podcast with uh, Jack Farley, and all of these are directionally the same. Uh, so you kind you can kind of pick your bucket. And I, I my only suggestion is continue to keep your eyes on the periphery. If everybody is now, if everybody was on the same boat entering the year, maybe everybody's boarding the same boat, whether it be the soft landing boat, the echo bubble, or or, or the Goldilocks story. They're all directionally the same, so I, I, I would pay particular attention to to, to positioning, um, and w- truly, when like you were saying, like supermarket stories are are becoming like 
everybody is talking about oh how 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 things how we avoided a recession didn't necessarily avoid it might have not just come yet you know um some things take time yeah i have to say i was in the recession camp um i just didn't know how severe how long it was and i don't know like being in the prediction kind of business is a tough one i think (laughs) my last like I, i like to write like these annual predictions in december and like I look back at them after like one, two months. Um, my last two have not been <laughs> so great, but like there's things that you just can't predict. Like uh, in 2022, we had the unfortunate Ukraine-Russia um, war. And then this one, we had the China reopening that happened like late December, early January. Um, but do you think, so with everyone being on board with soft landing, um what what has to deviate to basically for us to see like a nuke like an absolute just bonkers move on equities which would which would i think impact crypto too although like these days the january move in cryptos was just so strong and so abrupt i think part of it was mechanical because like there was just so many shorts going into the year um and you know what to say. Sometimes they say January is like the deciding month of the year. Um, but like part of it had to be mechanical because people were just leaning, you know, so short that they had to cover. Not necessarily that they're bullish, but like they just had to cover short positions, which if uh, you're not familiar with, basically, if you're short something, you have to buy to cover a position, which is inherently on the books um, representing demand. And that pushes prices up. So not necessarily like a regime change, but there's definitely some mechanical short covering. Like what, what happens? So, and, and also I just want to add one more thing. Like there are people who, who continuously share this um, view that like in 2022, I get it. Like the, the consensus trade was just, was just a short. And then you, ma- you basically made money. I, I think you could have picked any, char- any point in time in the chart in 2022. Hopefully it was early on in the year. Um, but you would have made money if you just shorted. But if you have that, it seems like if you have that view now, um, you're getting punished. And you're also adding fuel, um, literal fuel, like literal buying power as you're covering the short. So um, my question to you, Berlin, is if this is the consensus, like we got the soft, uh, soft landing, like what can be the canary in the coal mine, as people like to say, to send us to oblivion is there one actually uh so i'm pretty sure i'm, I'm not gonna forecast uh any uh, super exogenous events even though my, my i just realized my handle on twitter is is four black swans um I, yeah it could be aliens it, it very could be it could be hot air balloons. yeah um so <laughs> I, I i think i think that we're, we're we're not listening to the fed necessarily and i think we are I think the Fed's kind of doing it on purpose. Uh, they're kind of letting they, – they, they've straight up said, I believe this in the June FOMC, uh, when Powell said, we're essentially going to take away our forward guidance, and you guys are – we're going to become more data dependent. And this last jobs report uh, – we can talk about CPI as well if you like. Uh, these are relatively warmish numbers. Like this is not necessarily a sign of uh, slowing. Uh, I did – you know, anecdotally um, – 
I'm in California, and if you drive through Beverly Hills back in December, gas was seven bucks. Uh, if you drive through a more normal part of town, like where I live, gas is four bucks. Uh, those numbers are back up again. Um, so January, I think, uh, filling up like a, a regular car, sixty, seventy dollars. Um, and I think we what we're the, the data the, the, the data releases what they're telling us is reflation in goods is actually back, right? Used cars sales, it's actually a slight tick up month over month, a tick down year over year. But that's you know when people were running their Turo businesses back in 21 and 22, um, buying fleets of vehicles using PPP, using credit, what have you. Um, and I'm not knocking anyone who's being entrepreneurial. Don't, 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 I'm just using that as a data point. Um, so I, I think what we're seeing is actually uh, reflation. Um, and if you follow the ordinary, the quadrants, um, or, or I guess Darius Dale has his own, the grid, uh, but Nonetheless, those are all the same in terms of macro theory, that, like the, where the quads are. Reflation and Goldilocks actually have an overlap, right? And we're seeing that not just in goods and services, you're seeing that reflected directly in asset prices. Okay. I see. I mean, like, with, so you're talking about prices, um, consumers feeling it. At either the grocery store or the pump or buying used cars. So, I mean, things are generally cooling down. I know like we had like um, on my side, on, on my side uh, in New York, like people were paying $8 for eggs. So enough of this, like, oh, um, I mean, there might be a little bit of a feedback repeat. Yeah. Uh, that's the thing. That's me. Sorry, I uh, took off my Sorry, mic I'm on the other phone. Thing. Okay. Sorry. Boomer moment. Okay. Are we good now? Yeah. Okay. So, like, I think with the last CPI print. So let's talk about inflation now. I think that was the, there's the bears are waiting for a, in my opinion, um, a hotter inflation print because right now everyone's predicting that like. Inflation is coming down. Um, what do you think? Like, I think that everyone was too bearish for this, for this one that we had on the 14th. Um, because it was too early to see if there was going to be any, um, let's call it, material data. Like, it, it was just too soon um, to kind of, for the data to detect any sort of, like, you know, China reopening narrative, people are spending more. Um, but the, the one in March is going to be the more important one. And that is the, in my opinion, like nukable event. What is your take? I think that's the one, the one card that the bears are waiting for, um, that they're going to constantly play in March. They're going to they're do the same thing in April. And then we're going to have these like five week or six week periods, excuse me, in between each of these um, readings. I, th I think it's like six weeks, about five or six weeks between CPI data. Um, what do you think? Yeah, I think from a data perspective, uh, so we'll, we'll, there's a couple things. Uh, we're, from a, you're, I agree with what you said about CPI being potentially the next landmine. Um, I would continue to say uh the unemployment rate release and uh, jobless claims is another one. Um, typically, uh, what we would see. Explain. Before, yeah. 
Um, Berlin. Because everyone has been so focused on, um, I think, like, the macro stuff that we track, it goes with, like, hype cycles. Everyone's focused on, like, you know, how much the Fed is hiking, the, the rates. I, I think, you know, people don't even know what BPS stands for. Like, but explain what, um, and then we went from, like, what, what, what they're hiking to uh, inflation prints. And then we're also talking about employment. So, like, why, why is the employment important? Because I think now, um, in general, like, crypto traders kind of get the idea, like, why um, central banks hiking rates is important. Um, we understand why inflation data is important. But why is employment um, important in a short sentence? Yeah, uh, so unemployment has a direct um, uh, relationship a correlation with inflation, right? If you have higher unemployment, um, you, you could automatically draw a line to, to lower demand, and lower demand is would be deflationary. That answers your question. Uh, but there there are okay, we can cool. get like more technical. There are uh, there are balances like NIRU where it's like uh, pretty much like the, the goal for unemployment or the goal the targeted unemployment gets us to a neutral inflation rate or two percent. And historically speaking, we you know one knows if that's going to jump to three, but that's the inkling right now, um, or at least that's that's one of the uh, tinfoil uh, theories that the Fed will just kind of rejiggy the ghost pole uh, away from two and target three as the new floor, or not the floor, but the, the new neutral. Um, but yeah, mm-hmm. there's there is a direct relationship. So when the when Powell's is, is saying, I see Jerry on, he's very funny back in like October, Powell's literally saying uh, we need less people to be employed. That's that's literally what he's saying. Um, and until and back to your question about um, uh, what should we look for from the data, uh, if we see a tick down in unemployment, um, meaning meaning more people like we're more fully employed, that's inflationary. That's more people able to consume. That's more people able to make their you know make their payments. So uh, there is a there is a, a a correlation, a very strong correlation historically. Um, it's not necessarily one for one, but it's it's definitely related, and that's why the jobs reports are are, are probably going to hold equal weight into CPI. Or if you think if you think of what Powell was talking about back in, I believe it was the December FOMC. I'm losing track of, of my FOMCs. Um, he specifically said, "Yeah, I, I acknowledge goods is rolling over, but look at services; it's roaring. That's a direct relationship to to, uh, to employment as well." Okay, so do you think, like, I'm trying to also think about, like, what the market is under-indexing or over-indexing in terms of um, the macro data that is rolling in? Um, I think the rate hikes, barring any, like, total kind of, like, and I don't think this is going to happen, but, like, just straight up curveballs in terms of like if um i think it was pretty well communicated that 25 bips is on the table uh for the next one if there's just like a 0.5 or like 0.75 like that type of thing barring that i think we're all good in terms of uh of um hiking the i don't want to get into the terminal rate discussion uh that might be a little too far fetched for you know what we care about in terms of like how this impacts equities or how this impacts cryptos but like do you, what should we be focusing on now because i think everyone was focusing i think p- perfectly fine um on rate hikes 
and then we're focusing on CPI. Is is unemployment the the last like rotation of this like macro focus stuff, or is everything still important? Um, everything's super fragile. What do you think? I feel like it's being over indexed. That it was being over indexed at some point. Um, but I want to hear your take. Yeah, uh, so I definitely agree. I, everyone kind of became a Fed watcher, and I think actually this past uh, these these past uh, several conference calls, um, we became such acute Fed watchers that we kind of overlooked his, his main his main line, which is the job is not done. So when he says that, that leaves the door open. If you so, I know you don't want to talk about terminal rate um, uh, for federal funds. But I actually think it's worthwhile pushing into that a little bit. Um, if, if, okay, if, no, if we could me. we could talk about it. So I I, I do agree. Sure. Like, um, yeah, we like this move. Like he said, with the job is not done. <laughs> That's a pretty bearish. Like, but the thing is that it's telegraphed. Okay, we'll we'll talk about yeah. it. It's telegraphed that like the whole plan is telegraphed. I think already. so. He's not trying to. Uh, yeah, stop. I think I think also the reporters did a good job because they tried to essentially get him to admit like the financial conditions are, are too loose, or, like markets are, are are too hot during the last call, and I think he just said oh, I'm not looking short term short term moves. I don't know if he's being necessarily trappy, but uh, you have to kind of view him in uh, both like with an evil and also an angelistic lens, right? If he can buy consumers time by having asset prices inflate and then you could draw that it's direct line to um, uh, wealth creation, right? If you need to sell two shares of spy to buy to buy your family uh, uh, some gas and some 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 eggs and milk, you're going to do it. Right. And if spy just went from three ninety to, to, to four ten and you were able to do that, uh, he did his job. Technically, he got you he, he got you another, you know, more bread. Um, he didn't maybe not necessarily blow up your 401k in the direction or as far as you'd like. Um, but I, I found that very, very interesting point because he was offered several times, Hey, where do you think, do you think market is, should be where it's at? And I think the bulls more or less took that and ran with it. Um, I also think like, this is very flows based. Uh, sorry, this is a very technical and flow based market right now. I don't think things are necessarily riding on fundamentals like they were last year. I think last year was a bit of a we had a rate shock was number one. Right. Um, and also, if we recall from 21, uh, he didn't really remember the word transitory until November of 21. And then I believe it was uh, 21 when he was like, yeah, we might do it one one hike in, in 22. Right? And what did they end up doing? Like six, five or six hikes. So I go back to the terminal rate in the sense that um, I, I, when we first kicked off the rate, this rate hike cycle, the projection was for, I believe the terminal was for four, four and a, four and a half. Where are we now? And look at where what the projection is now. So uh, I only bring that up to say that um, uh, I just read an article yesterday, actually. Uh, it, was, it was written by SIBO. If I find it, I can share it in the, in the chat um, later. Uh, over the last, I believe the stat was covered the last five or six rate height cycles. Investors have got FFR wrong, terminal rate wrong every single time. The last five. So uh, to, to, to say... <laughs> the prediction business is hard. Yeah. So, And I also want to say, like, I, I do not think the... So going back to the evil versus angelistic thing, 
I don't think the Fed's necessarily out to destroy everybody, right? Like a uh, Volcker style necessarily. Even then, Volcker's not out to destroy um, people and consumption. He's out there to save a nation, right? Like Powell in March 2020 uh, on 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 uh, 60 Minutes and CNBC talking about a liquidity bazooka. He, he's not trying to say, hey, guys, I'm going to send uh, Dogecoin to the moon. He's actively just trying to save the nation and, and, and you know, be, us being USD um, uh, oriented, I mean, owners of USD. Um, he's trying to save the global financial system from collapse. So I still think they're in control. I think this last call it six weeks is probably a spit in their face in terms of credibility. But again, uh, if you're talking about pricing mechanics and where we are at right now in this this giga candle on, on BTC, um, I, I think this is very flows and sentiment driven at, at right now. It's not necessarily fundamental. We could we could make the argument BTC. Mechanical, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think I think we are saying the same thing with just different words. Like um, there's a lot of short covering. There's also the action is on in cryptos, at least it's on like, dude, there's some coins. I don't want to just say this in case it's replayed. And like, I mean, we get like a hundred views, so it's not that going to be um, damaging for like the random person that that's uh, going to watch this. But basically like there's coins that are like called like bunk, um, like musk, tusk, dusk. Like I don't even, there's guy? just a whole rockets is, is, is there's it's kind of it's kind of it's kind of frothy yeah what i'm mm-hmm. trying to say it's kind of frothy um it was certainly frothy um when doge i get the shib i don't know if you know this but there's a whole ecosystem growing in berlin called shibarium uh i'm wow. actually kind of bullish on it i uh, i actually, actually... into shib back in october of 21 and i was there for for it eating what they call it eating a zero uh that's when it, i guess it goes one ten x eight to zero, uh, <laughs> and I don't know what happened to it, but I definitely have to pay taxes on that one. So yeah, like the the thing is that like people like buying these like point zero 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 one coins, and like say, and the whole meme is like, if this gets to a dollar, um, but then they don't necessarily understand that becomes, there's like one, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, like one, like remember that the Squid Games, the Squid Games token. The guy was like, the market cap is now $32 trillion. <laughs> I don't think that guy knew what he was saying. Like, this, this market cap is bigger than the entire um, New York Stock Exchange. <laughs> like, could, um, yeah, but, if you could liquidate it, you could, buy, you could buy countries. Yeah, yeah. But the point is that things were certainly looking frothy last week, um, weekend, when like things like Doge were really pumping. Also, Elon has done a couple... like. Um, Doge tweets recently, so it did kind of look like there's a shuffle going on. So I can see why people were a little afraid. But that also happens when you have like mini cycles in crypto. So like majors pump, um, capital funnels through large caps, mid caps, and then small caps. So, so hey, can I build on your point? Okay, let's get. I can build on your point right now. Uh, the the names that got most wrecked last year in equity land are the ones leading the rally right now. That goes hand in hand. With yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. 
there's the same thing is happening in, in equities. So, like there's like random yeah. like Carvana caught a bid. Carvana, right? Everyone thought Tesla was going to zero. Yeah, Carvana did a one. Tesla's like a double. Tesla is a double from January exactly. So and, and I, 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 I want to say Carvana is very different from Tesla. Uh, so uh, you know that even though I, we bucket them as trash from twenty two, um, one I think is actually sustainable, and the other is uh. <laughs> A mechanical is, is basically trying to flip cars with with an app, and uh, <laughs> I don't know how how creative, how innovative can you be to? Um, I mean, digitizing a, a dealership. Um, if a dealership margins are in, in historically five percent, if you digitize it, you make ten. But if you overlevered on on employees and buildings, like they have this giant building in L.A. in Los Angeles, uh, it, you might not make it through the cycle. It's very possible that Carvana is still at zero. Tesla, less so in my opinion. But um, uh, here, here's here's a takeaway. In my in my experience, in my uh, you know, twelve four, it's very short, but uh, genuine and sustainable bull markets are not initiated by GMC or A or GME or AMC, which is what I feel like is is pulling us north right now. Um, and another proxy you could tell is. Uh, Dow, which was I think only down six or six or five percent last year when the Qs were down close to twenty five, uh, and Spy was down I think nineteen or twenty twenty percent, whatever 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 that might be. Uh, look at what's leading this year versus the Dow. Like we are, it's all of these are blowing the Dow away. So um, I, I don't think we're out of this inflationary hump. Uh, another good sign um, is the correlation between sixty forty portfolio. So. Uh, uh, 2022 marked the worst year in, you know, I, I, no coincidence to me that Ray Dalio stepped down uh, as uh, CEO of, uh, or CIO or CEO. He was, you know, I think Bridgewater, right? So uh, one of the guys who pretty much brought 6040 to, to mainstream uh, and worst year ever for, for, for this portfolio. But guess what? Everyone's now looking at bonds and stocks again, and bonds look much, much more interesting than they did four or five, even 10 years ago, right? Um, but they're still moving in the same direction. Bonds are rallying alongside stocks, which tells me until that correlation re- like resets, and it might reset at a higher floor uh, in the sense that um, in, in equity land, we, we talk about this thing called ERP, equity risk premiums. They're inflated now because the risk-free is higher, right? You actually have for the first time in a very long time, uh, a, a yield that you can live off of. You know, like we're talking about going to Celsius and BlockFi and yeah, like farming, the, and it, it, now you actually have one, and it's coming from the Treasury. So there's no the rug risk. Fight, yeah. Right, yeah. I mean, the rug risk is nuclear <laughs> no war. No rug like, risk. Yeah, so, so. The U.S. government. Um, I want to – I get that. I know. Um, I'm not sure many people do Treasuries and – government bonds in the community but i think we have a couple that are more boomerish but like the to to your point like bull markets don't start with like the shit being bid i want to refer to uh, a case that happened in summer of 2021 um when when nfts caught a bid which i hate to say this because i own uh, an nft right now (laughs) but like NFTs were ju- were the are are basically the shitcoin the new shitcoins like 
Um, but they have a Discord community tied to it, a founder tied to it that's like maybe doxed. Um, but it is the most risk on that you could potentially be. And that boom in summer of 2021, around August 2021, July 2021, that boom revived uh, what looked like a pretty horrendous Bitcoin, Ethereum, and every other crypto chart. Um, that led the rally. And we are, well, we don't see the same thing in across all NFT collections right now, but the one that I happen to own, um, it's going, it's trending. Um, and I just want to point that data point out. It is quite unusual. And I mean, like, we're, we're talking macro, and then we're also talking like these analogies to like recent history, like two years back. Hey, I think, um, I think we we're all, actually, like, I think that's a great example. So that was August of 21 when we saw, what was it? Was it the rocks or the JPEGs? Was that 21? Dude, yeah, there was like everything. I mean, yeah, there's Ether rocks. Oh, like, like, I apologize. I remember you texting me <laughs> and saying, hey, you want to go halfies on this rock? And I said, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh dude yeah i hate you for that that was when rocks were like 20 like 50k or yeah. something and like went to like uh, one mil i was oh like what God. just happened with this rock so i want to i want to stay on that cycle uh from 21 because uh be, from what i recall i don't have the chart i actually could pull the chart um i believe so bitcoin toppy was was it november of 21 or is the summer so all i'm saying is perhaps the trash that let, that that ended that cycle because I mean that if it peaked in twenty one, we went full nuke in twenty two. If you're saying your your NFT is performing super well now, maybe we talk we revisit this as a as a junction in six months. Yeah, we should. Um, I'm of the opinion it goes higher, not just to pump my own bags, but because there's actual. This NFT project like do, like is actually delivering. Um, I've I've watched, I just observed other NFT projects and they don't really deliver. Um, this one is actually delivering on pretty cool in world events like UFC fights, football games, concerts, parties, and stuff like that. I don't want to get too into it. I don't want to make it a shill thing. I want to. I still want to get back to uh, markets. So, so we use that as a transition. Um, is there so? There is a data point out there because this is an upcoming. There is a. We don't have to get super political, but this is an upcoming. Um, the it's considered the pre-election year. That that's the terminology that um, market participants use for this year, um, and it's generally a bullish year. I think the data dates back to like 1900s that I looked at. Um, I usually don't look at this stuff seriously, but uh, or the cyclical stuff like super seriously. But sometimes it is just spooky how the market works because that's just the narrative. Um, just like long the invasion, right? Like remember we long the invasion of uh, Ukraine. I mean, I hate to say it, but like it happened, um, and that was like a signal to buy, uh, and that was a pretty nice short trade last year. This is also like a narrative, isn't it? Like the, the pre-election year. What do you make of this? I mean, this data dates back to like 1900s and like there's like an 80% hit rate, I think. Yeah, I I think these are the same. Uh, 
I think a lot. I agree with you uh, in the sense that these are just almanac things. Uh, if you want to place a bet, it's it's not much like different from oh, look at the roulette table. It hit you know it hit red eight eight times out of the last twenty. So it's got it's got to yep. go back to black. Uh, I, I I I genuinely do that though. <laughs> I, I look at the roulette table and I'm I'm just like there. Here's five hundred dollars. <laughs> it's red. I told you guys it's red. <laughs> I mean, it, it, it's it's bound to work for somebody at the table, right? Especially if you have that, that's those... what makes the market, right? So. Those things manifest, Berlin. Like, the like, let's the there was recently the the Chinese New Year, and it's the year of the rabbit. And like, the Chinese, or I think the saying goes, I forgot my, I think it was my friend that told me like, oh, the the rabbit bounces, so then like the market will bounce as well, or something like that. And like these narratives, as silly as that may sound, like if enough people believe in it, it it could actually come to fruition i'm one of those tin hat people i think it, it could come true china reopening was a narrative echo bubble is a narrative uh goldilocks is a narrative so it's kind of like you pick your own boat but um what do you think of this one because this one actually has some political ties to it like biden who knows biden could literally be in powell's ear right and, oh, and definitely is. and be like it definitely is. make yeah. this a good year please yeah yeah that's 100 <laughs> like, a, a possibility uh trump was no stranger to 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 pretty much like jawboning pal right it's kind of saying hey uh rates are too high look at he's pointing at germany that had negative rates he's like why are we still positive so uh 100 there is uh do not forget uh, even though the fed is a central bank a central bank for the u.s um it is very much a, a political body uh, that is fully subjected to um, uh, grillings by the president, grillings by the Congress, um, and also whatever uh, uh, whatever like whatever direction they want to push towards. It was no surprise to me that after right, uh, not just being not just the political alignment, but uh, what better way to buy votes from uh, twenty two to the twenty thirty year olds. Uh, then uh, saying, hey, I want to forgive student loans, right? In the year that his midterms are coming up and he knows he wants to retain blue seats. So 100%, uh, and, and that can be done in two, two different ways, right? Um, unfortunately, we're currently in quantitative tightening. Uh, we could dive into that a little bit too, because even though it's quantitative tightening, liquidity is actually going up. Um, but 100%. All that. All that. All that. Uh, sorry? I, I know people who trade strictly on that liquidity line, like, um, and some people think that liquidity has um, bottomed out and we're actually on the way back up. And like, there's some people I'm, I'm more in the bearish slash neutral, like big picture camp. And I'm more in the prove it to me camp. But there are some people that think that this liquidity tightening thing has, has bottomed out and, I wish we had this, the ability to share charts on here. I, I got to connect my stream labs at some point. But uh, I, I just recently had a call with a fund manager who strictly trades on like um, on liquidity of um, central banks around the world. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So actually, I'm glad you brought this. So I, I started viewing uh, this la last year as well. Um, there, there's several different liquidity curves. Um, you can the one that that fund manager is looking at is more like global. Um, and I think that one matters a lot more, especially for uh, when you're talking about like larger markets like the U.S., um, like the U.S. stock market, if you will. So what's happening right now is even though the Fed is balance sheet's going down, um, 
TGA is going down, uh, PBOC and BOJ are going up. Uh, the BOJ is printing more money than it did in 21 <laughs> into inflation. Like it's like you're going downhill uh, and they're saying they're not going fast enough. So they're adding gas. Let's go downhill faster. Yeah, <laughs> yeah so, I know. I know. Uh, and and um, <laughs> here, here's what we're learning, right? Essentially, we've, we've essentially pushed MMT as a trial, as a trial, uh, to, pretty much as an experiment just by design um, in, 20, in 2020. Um, and Japan is more or less, uh, in, in my eyes, and actually, you know, I'm not I'm not an economist, so uh, I'm just a, a valuation guy. So, uh, but I, I where I sit, I, I used to be near the brain trust of my firm, um, and those were macro strategists. Those are the PhD guys, and they constantly said, uh, you know, this is back in 2019. This is pre-COVID. When we're still in the office and stuff. Half of their theories revolved around looking at Japan in the sense that they were constantly looking at Japan for guidance on on what monetary policy can and would do from a probability perspective. Half the time they were talking about Japanification, and this is before this is before the liquidity bazooka. So uh, to, to, to that point, um, there is a reason to be long if China credit comes back. Um, I know this is uh, probably – uh, everyone's probably aware of it. Um, 09 was not necessarily saved by like TARP. Uh, 08, I mean, sorry, 07, 08 um, was not necessarily saved by the Trouble Asset Relief Program and and Fed essentially buying up some of the toxic assets from from AIG and on the other reinsurance companies. A lot of it actually had to do with China. China was ramping up credit. Uh, and guess what they're doing right now? She is making a U-turn, right? She is like, oh, uh, hey, real estate... Real estate looks a little bit better now. It's 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 a, uh, it's not as leveraged. I mean, he took the first floor out, so there's it's all essentially delta one. There's no leverage, so uh, it, it, and they're doing it alongside. So, so you can think of it as like an east versus versus west thing almost. Um, Bank of Canada, Australia, uh, the ECB, the Fed, they're all going through some form of QT either by rate hike or balance sheet reduction or a combination of both. Um, Whereas PBOC and, and, and Japan, are they going the other way? Uh, I hesitate to say printing money, but it seems to be the easiest way to, to explain that. So they are injecting liquidity into their systems. And guess what? Those systems flow outwards, right? If, you, if they're printing uh, yen, those yens would be converted to dollars. Those dollars will enter the SPY or, or BTC or whatever, right? You actually you know, you need to go to dollars to enter uh, BTC. You can get BTC yen. Um, but my point still stands that, if that liquidity cycle uh, did in fact bottom back in October uh, and you have two very large central banks, Japan is top five as a reminder in, in, in global GDP, right? Uh, you have potentially, we might not see that October low again, this cycle is very possible. That's not my, it's not my base case. Oh, we missed it. It's not my base case. We missed but, the, yeah, we... It's, it's possible. You have to keep these things in mind that uh, up, does not also mean good. Up in price might mean, hey, SPY went up 5% this month. Your eggs doubled. Did you win? Right? So, <laughs> Dude, so- people in crypto, don't, they, don't, they don't care about that. It's like, I just went 50x long on like, uh, uh, like a ETH, a theory of like, or, or just pick a coin that like, and it's like, oh yeah, I just made $10,000. Like, 
Uh, I'm the next Michael Berry. And and then yeah, they don't they don't they just go to the supermarket and be like, Oh, eggs are like fifty dollars. I don't care. <laughs> like that's that's if how crypto made, people if you think. Made, yeah, if you made it's ten pretty... grand pressing a a red button, uh, fifty dollars eggs is definitely not your problem. Maybe yeah. maybe the maybe I mean, the seven hundred thousand dollar Corolla is your problem like ten years from now, but you know that's <laughs> wait Berlin, hold on. Did you just say the bottom is in? I'm saying that. Uh, well, I'm just talking from a probabilistic perspective. That is a possibility, but it's not my highest probability. What is the percentage chance? Uh, if you're asking me for this cycle, uh, for this rate hike cycle, it's probably sub five percent. That October, maybe, yeah. If you have a gun to my head, less than less than five percent. Wow. So equity lows are not in. I, I'm of that belief too. Um, except this uh, early early 2023 price action is not reflecting that thesis. I thought that this earnings was um, going to just blow us up. Uh, I've been saying that for the last three earnings season. I think I'm going to stop. <laughs> uh, that, 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 we're coming up on the on the full year that I've been wrong on this thesis. You can DCA uh, into those calls. More... DCA. <laughs> the thing is that like on Wall Street, like analysts can just like revise shit and then like have these grandiose calls and be like, oh yeah, like, Oh, and by the way, not just the revisions, right? Like, I get the whole revision thing. It happens literally, like, I, I've been there, like, when I was working alongside these guys. Like, they work into, like, the night, of, but, like, literally into the night, into the early morning of before the next, before the call. And then, like, they're saying, oh, yeah, we have these revised numbers. And then, boom, like, every shit, everything that was, like, analyzed for the last like, one month was just thrown out the window. And then, the, like, whatever is the consensus trade is the complete opposite happens, and not to mention, right, all that stuff happens behind the scenes. But also, like, there's going to be share buybacks, too. Like, look what happened with, um, what, are the, what are the FANG names that did it? There was a couple of them that did it. I forgot which ones. But, like, it's, it's so unpredictable that I'm, I'm going to stop um, using that as, like, my core thesis for new equity lows. But um, I don't know anymore. Um, or I'm not sure, I don't have high conviction anymore if new equity lows equals new crypto lows. I wrote in my December thesis that like, if we do see equity lows, we will probably see crypto lows as well. Um, now, I, I'm, I think people are shifting, uh, and I think people are ahead of me on this, shifting into this camp where new equity lows may not necessarily equal new crypto lows. Um, because we had that FTX event um, where I was personally ultra emotionally bearish. Uh, I couldn't take any of my emotion out of it as a trader. It was just impossible because my friends were just blowing up left and right. Um, and it was pretty hard to you know juggle my own ship on my own. But like, what is the possibility like for crypto? Uh, if equities makes new lows, it's a hard question. Like if equities makes new lows, does crypto make new lows? We had yeah, that I, FTX I, event. It's a. It's truly a. Your your username is four black swans. It was. It's definitely a black swan in my book because I didn't expect it to be FTX. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, to answer your question very bluntly, um, I think it's actually a path question and a and a, and a um a catalyst question. If it is something of my uh, username, um, and it creates a liquidity crunch, uh. There's no better measure for liquidity, in my opinion, global liquidity, uh, than Bitcoin. Uh, this just being so you think about this from a who can buy it, right? Who can buy this thing? Um, well, China says they're they're 
banning them, but like I, I, I just don't think that's that's it's probably true on on the on the headline, but like I'm pretty sure if anyone with an internet, anyone with a cell phone can buy. That's that's the that's the idea, right? Um, which means anybody with a cell phone can sell. I think if we if we have a similar grind like we did in let's call it uh, Q3, like the grind around October November of last year, that's just Q4. That. Hated yeah, because <laughs> yeah, we went sideways in, in Bitcoin for about like six weeks and, and then it grinded a little bit lower and then we were super bearish. Um, but if we do a cascade like a waterfall like we did in March 2020, um, that really becomes a function of the market, right? Uh, uh, the bid asks on, on BTC uh, might be able to move faster. I'm mean, sorry, like, like the, the spreads between them might be able to move faster on a downwards, especially on something that doesn't have a floor. Uh, where it's not like the traditional uh, markets now, which have these circuit breakers, right? I think it's five percent uh, in under. I forget, I, forget, I forget the exact rules, but uh, there's the, which essentially places a, f- a floor, right? I remember uh, March 2020 or Feb 2020. Uh, oh my I, goodness, that was scary to trade. <laughs> we would open up, limit down. The market was open for circuit breakers every like every thirty circuit, seconds. Yeah, <laughs> we like, were like, oh my god, this thing just got stopped. Like. Yeah, I think that then, was the like, craziest month of my trading career. I, I was like, why is this thing shut off? <laughs> it shuts off. Crypto doesn't shut off. I was like, this, people are right. like taking that's positions right. and then like the position, it goes back on, the market turns back on and like, oh my God, I just lost 100% of my, my put premiums. Like this thing just shot back up and then shot back down. It's crazy. Um, yeah, yeah. Okay. So to, Berlin, to I want to transition. I think, yeah, I think we can get lower, um, but I've, I've definitely like, I would, I would definitely think that for, from a BTC versus equities perspective, is it possible? For sure, but it's it's going to be dependent on the catalyst. Yeah, I think you're, you're what you're saying is the way it happens right. um, will dictate whether or not it makes new lows. Um, okay, I think that's fair. Let's let's spend the last ten minutes talking about trading and positioning because we we usually do that at the end. Um, you want to go first, or I go first? Uh, I'll follow your lead. I'm, yeah. Okay. So, um, I've I've been in the camp that you know the targets have been twenty five k and and one point seven k for BTC ETH respectively. Um, there were definitely moments in time in the last four weeks where that was kind that thesis was kind of wavering, especially with the the Doge and Bonk coins um, pumping. There's also one called uh, – actually, I don't want to keep listing these out in case people just blindly ape into them. So that was a little frothy and a little concerning. Um, now we're here, right? We, we kind of climbed through a lot of uh, worry. And I think now I'm, I, I, was, I took a break from short calls for the last, like – call it six weeks go i think my last short call was like first week of jan or middle of january i forgot it's uh in the it's in the discord when i alerted everyone to stop shorting calls um i think in the next one to two weeks um potentially even starting now depending on like how you how, how i want to position this it is a good time to start shorting calls um there's enough FOMO here to push us to like 28k BTC, I think, um, possibly 30. 
And I think that is the reasonable like TP target two. Oh, I just doubled myself target two for a BTC. Um, and you know, target three would be like 45 K, but I can't see that happening within Q1. Um, I can potentially see that happening Q2, but I am a fan of short calls now after taking a six weekish break. Um, and I'm looking at BTC like short 30 K. Um, uh, just, we- just for my, just for, I guess for everyone else listening, are you, when you say short calls, are you, this is against your, your long spot. This is not naked. I'm long spot. Yeah. Um, okay. Are you are using different... any, what, I guess what, oh, what's your ratio? I'm not ratio exposure. Um, I was running ratio spreads like in December ish, like early December, um, into early Jan, like for four or five weeks, I was basically, um, doing these short call ratio spreads, collecting a premium, which if you're not an options trader, basically you, you're shorting a call with a strike that's near to spot or market price, and then you buy one that's a little further away. Um, you can either do this one-to-one, meaning you sell one, you buy one, um, or you can ratio it and be a little more aggressive, which is what I did, um, and sell like two um, and buy one. So you collect that premium, the difference there. Uh, and the idea is to make sure uh, you're hoping that the price doesn't go beyond or above the, the strike that you sold. Um, but if it does, you are covered up to the point where you have longed the other strike, which is a little further out of the money. Um, and if price goes beyond there, you're, you basically have like a insurance on your short call. So you're not totally naked. I'm, I, I'm thinking... Um, and my risk appetite is high. I, um, it See might not be. <laughs> yeah, I just, just want to uh, let everyone know. But I think it's okay to be just naked these. I don't think you need to be hedged out in any sort of ratio spread way because it, it, it looks hot, man. It's starting, to, it's starting to look a little heated up. We did reset over like the February um, first week or so of February. We kind of reset on a couple indicators and um, I think RSI is just like around the 50 area, which is kind of like if the market's trending, I would like to see things bounce around, bounce up back from the 50 area back into oversold regions of like 70, 80. So we're just about there on the majors, um, fully reset. So I'm looking for that short call trade. Um, might put it on for the end of March. Um, we'll see. But this is a this is a type of trade I'm entertaining. The... And and I so that's for BTC. I think for ETH, the the level is more like two point one k to be safe, two point two k. That would be the next logical TP two, um, since TP one is um, TP being short for take profit. TP one was seventeen hundred. We're here again. Um, yeah, I would entertain like two k ish, two k, two k, two point one, two point two. That kind of um, area of strikes i haven't looked at this trade but i'm starting to think about it the other trade i'm interested in is uh positioning for this is i was looking at lido um this was a coin that recently pumped on the news that there was going to be u.s regulations around 
staking on centralized platforms such as Coinbase. I think Kraken settled for $30 million. Um, Coinbase is actually going toe-to-toe with the SEC on this. But um, that pushed that uh, liquid staking narrative. Um, These coins would be Lido, Rocket Pool, Lido being LDL, Rocket Pool being RPL, Frax, FXS. Um, I think the immediate knee-jerk reaction trade is done. Um, And there are definitely some, I would say, late longers in this trade. Um, I really want to entertain like a short here because I started trading uh, futures a bit more. Berlin. I don't know if I told you, but I've been doing pretty decent with uh, this type of market environment, I would say. It's pretty good for perps and futures traders. So, but, you know, the thing is that there's just so many narratives popping up um, in such a short time frame that I'm not sure where the focus is going to be. We had a blur airdrop, um, which... I don't think I told you, Berlin, but I was chatting with a couple of people in the Discord. We bought around like 0.78-ish, and then um, we recently sold at 1.1 today. I think it went to as high as $1.18 on some exchanges. I have absolutely no target, but the thing is that what I'm trying to, the point that I'm trying to get at is that there's so many narratives and little pockets of um, interest in crypto that... um, it's hard to determine or predict like where the money is going to go. You know, your mechanical keyboard is clacking away, Berlin. Oh, sorry, sorry. It's okay. It's okay. Okay. This is, this is a long winded way of saying that, you know, you have ZK, ZK narrative. You have, it just goes on. Like you have Shibarium, you have, um, liquid staking. I mean, like, I, I think I listed them out in the discord, um, in the inner heist. So instead of being kind of like predictive about this, um, I think the best way is to trade based on reaction. Um, Reaction to price moves, at least with these narratives. So one of them was DYDX, right? Like, um, I don't know if I would consider this a narrative. So they had this super massive unlock schedule for 2023 it was massive berlin i don't know if uh you saw the calendar invite on the discord but basically um for january i was researching like okay this is probably going to be a bearish year um which tokens have the highest emissions and dydx's float was going to like double and i was i was like how is it going to support the price that it's at right now with them unlocking you know Oh, throughout the course of a year, of course, not overnight, um, but still, nonetheless, bearish. Like it's inherently bearish, assuming that these people are going to try to sell. Um, but then they did a 180, and they said, "Oh, we're not unlocking. Uh, we're we're delaying the unlocks um, for basically like a like a full year." And I actually like DYDX. I just I know it has an inflation problem. Same thing with IMX with the with the ZK uh, narrative, like. There's an inflation problem with some of these coins, and I get it because it's a business. They have to unlock, and they want to be rewarded. But um, anyways, DYDX is one of those uh, narrative like coins that kind of phased out after the initial pump. Um, and I feel like we are kind of in that area for some of these other narratives. So it's I really do want to short. 
But at the same time, I can see the FOMO in the majors that can just naturally push up like alts with uh, whether it's algos or retail bidding. Um, so I think we're, in general, I think we're just about there at TP1. Um, I can see potential FOMO um, in the near, not not uh, not in the super immediate near future, but I can see FOMO um, lingering that could push us to like 28k, 30k, and I think that would be the top of the range that I can see for now. If that cracks, oh man, I think we have to we have to redraw the board and like start start uh, entertaining 45k, um, which I don't put out of the question. I just assign a very low probability unless there's uh, things that change. Maybe the probabilities of that will change too. Um, but a lot, I think there's a slosh of just like narratives. Some of them are exhausting. Some of them are exhausted, excuse me, and some of them are um, fresh. And I think the idea for anyone trading cryptos um, is, to, is to keep the money, is to keep your focus on the fresh ones, um, not necessarily the ones that like you think fundamentally should be you know, bullish. Um, it's a little backward sounding, but new and shiny is typically where crypto money likes to rotate and speculate on. Okay, Berlin, that is uh, kind of how I want to position this. I think the BTC ETH um, positioning was a lot more actionable. The narrative positioning one is more like observe and respond instead of... Uh, instead of like taking random positions about some narrative that might have happened like two weeks ago, um, because this industry moves fast. What's your take? Um, and let's try to keep it at five minutes because we are over. Uh, not much to add from a strategic perspective. I'd probably consider adding some BTC on pullbacks um, here, uh, but I'd also be very much open to TPing if we get to 28, um, at least a partial bag. Um, I think some of the things we should continue paying attention to is Dixie and oil. Uh, I know I'm coming from a, a more uh, economic perspective or, or macro, if you will. Um, but that's just the stuff I look at every day. So um, I think those two are kind of more or less been pushed to the back. And if you, you look at, uh, you know, dollar availability, um, I mean, do Dixie as a, as a chart for um, dollar performance, uh, that actually coincides with the bottom. Uh, right. So this entire rally uh, in risk um, coincided with uh, essentially no rebound uh, up until up until this past. I shouldn't say no rebound up until this last week um, where Dixie bounced off. I think it was like close to 100. And now I think it's where's that? It's around 103. Wow. Bounced off exactly at 100. Holy cow. Uh, 100, 100 spot eight, actually. So uh, I think we need to pay attention to uh, uh, oil as well. I think this whole. Um, uh, idea that we are we're, inflation is 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 absolutely is dead, and uh, I think I think things don't necessarily go down in a straight line um, as much as we think, especially because you know this is a this is probably one of the I haven't looked at the stats, but it's one of the fastest rate hike histories, um, uh, certainly in my my own time, and I consider myself still a relatively young guy, but um, even you know PMs who I talk to who are uh, in their sixties. This is this is hard and this is fast and we haven't broken anything yet and we're looking kind of at the uh, uh, in my opinion the Fed is is potentially in this window of like uh, where the market is looking at them say 
do it. You know, like, what are you going to do about it? Um, and Powell looked more or less like Burns. Uh, looked kind of flimsy in, in January. And again, in uh, was, uh, two weeks ago, or whenever he last spoke. But uh, um, I, Are you still running short calls on SPY? Uh, I've stopped, but I will probably begin adding back on um, for much later expiration. I have, I have June's short 415. Oh, sorry, sorry. Short 430, long 435. No, sorry, 420 and 425. And then I have Jan's 24, uh, 430 and 435 or 440, 445. Uh, these that all is call- pretty bearish posturing. Or like, I mean, I know short call is not necessarily bearish, but these are also risk defined. So it's, I could, I could take these, you know, these, these are not my, 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 this is against natural long Delta, right? I, I, when I say I'm, when you ask me if I'm short, um, I'm not net short. Uh, I'm just taking short positions against my existing put positions. Okay. Okay. I see. The same, long in the same way that exactly in the same way that you're long, uh, BTC spot. Uh, I'm, I'm long, I'm long spy. I'm long VTI. I'm long TQQ. Don't ask me why I'm long TQQ, but I am. <laughs> um, it's probably one of my most degen and it's makes it a good percentage of that, that portfolio. But, uh, I think, I think energy, the energy complex, uh, not to be ignored. I, I, there's just so much, um, Oh, you nailed that trade. Was it on XLE? I remember we did a stream in December and we were talking about like, what is a contrarian trade? And um, I say short XLE. Yeah, you said short energy. How's it doing? And I think a nuke, dude. <laughs> Since December, right? Uh, no, sideways. Well, I, I don't remember when the podcast was, but if you if I called it in November or December, uh, it would, it's sideways. Okay, maybe um, it was a different name. Yeah, yeah, I, 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 that is still a, a very high reward. Like the for the payout for that one would, you know, if you look at XOM, I oh, oh yeah, it's, it's jogging my memory. I was previously long PBR, which is Petrobras, is the Brazilian uh, uh, oil uh, uh, refiner and, and producer, um, and then XOM is Exxon Mobil. Um, you could still probably, there's probably still juice to be had from those. I actually haven't, I shouldn't say that, but, um, as, as somewhere, something where I would keep my eyes on, um, dollar weakness, if dollar could dollar weakness persists as it had uh, since November, um, I think risk continues to rally. Um, if energy rallies, I think that's a risk for everything else because then that throws the inflation narrative straight back dead center. We can't do anything without energy. You can't eat. You can't drive. Uh, when I say eat, I literally mean like the tractors, like not everything that grows, you know, beyond meat style. We still have farmers who, uh, you know, ride their John Deere's and pick up the corn that we eat. So um, that's not to be ignored. <laughs> okay. Interesting. Cool. Any um, closing trading thoughts or was that mainly it? Um. Yeah, I, I openly admit that I was probably I was definitely late. I was entered the year super cautious, uh, relatively high cash. Um, but I, I just you know I bought bought some Bitcoin on Saturday. I had some, uh, you know me, so it was, I just immediately paired it against uh, some short calls, um, about a twenty five ratio, and then a short futures just because that's a little more. Um, 
uh, tick by tick. Uh, whereas the, the the options, I just let them, I just let them expire. Actually, this is going to expire in the money, so I'll have to sell down some of the spot to 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 make that spread um, neutral. Um, but yeah, that's a, that's that's about it. I, I did eventually FOMO in a little bit. Um, I'm not going whole hog, and I'm certainly not chasing at these levels. Interesting. I want the institutions to buy our bags, Berlin. Um, <laughs> but we will we will leave it on that. I think that was a cool stream that kind of captured where our heads are at. Um, thank you, everyone, for tuning in. If you are going to take any of these trades, I am partnered with Bybit, and there is a link in my bio where you will get some kind of promotion. I got to work on this. Like, I, I don't. I got to work on this like self promotion stuff. I got to like write down like a. Um, Oh my god! I don't want to sound like one of those podcast people. I, I just wanted it to sound like super. Even my whole stop, my whole TikTok, like nothing is ever like professionally prepared. But anyways, sign up with my link. DM me if you do. There is a secret Discord layer. You can talk there. All right, Berlin. As always, um, it's great to catch up with you. Um, I want to thank you for your time and to the listeners. If you're listening, thank you for tuning in to Worthless Crypto Options. See you again next time. Take care.